0: THE CASE OF CLIFFORD UNWAH Clifford Nwah a native of Enugu state, lived in Lagos, Nigeria and Africa's largest city, where he guised as a razor merchant, but would later abandon the trade and proclaim himself to be a spiritual healer and mediator. Clifford did not possess a house and lived under a bridge in Oshodi in what could be described as a lair and would later be commonly referred to as Clifford's kitchen. When Lagos resident moved past the highway bridge near Toyota bus stop, it was not unusual to dismiss Ochi as a destitute striving for a living, who on multiple occasions would feign temporary insanity just so that he could dissuade people from coming close to his place of abode. That all went well until the morning of February 3rd, 1999, when a faint cry for help from a self-created crotto or cave under the highway bridge alerted passer What people discovered was both shocking and disturbing. Inside the cave were freshly cooked human limbs, raised, ties, and a dying human, laying helplessly by metal pot and firewood. The place smelled like death, and the smell of death filled the air. Clifford was not just any spiritual healer. Clifford was also a cannibal. He became Nigeria's first documented cannibal. The victim, whose cries gave Oji away, was identified as away from Steve, and she was immediately rushed to the hospital in Iteja. Ardu was incoherent in his statement when police arrived at the scene and was taken to Makinde Police Station in Oshodi, where media personnel drilled him for answers all Lagos residents were asking. Oji confessed to kidnapping and cannibalism. He stated that he and his accomplice, Tahiru, had been kidnapping unsuspecting individuals and eating them since 1999. The police also found that Oji and his friend were not just human eaters, they were also human spare parts dealers, as many items were said to have been recovered at the makeshift home at the popular Toyota bus stop on the Osho Di Express. One of these items include a cheque for 80,000 Naira, A mobile phone was also discovered. This was suspicious, that is the discovery of the mobile phone, because in 1999 the DSM has not been fully introduced to the Nigerian market, making possession and ownership of a mobile phone reserved for the opulent Nigerian elite upper class. When Clifford and his accomplices were paraded, on display behind them were roasted parts of human beings their heads, their legs, hands and abdomen, all fried and ready to be eaten. Oji, who had shown no remorse throughout the course of his arrest, said that even if he were to be released back to the society, he would continue kidnapping and indulging in cannibalism. Oji also made a very controversial claim that he either ate his victims or sold their body past to high-ranking Nigerian politicians who rewarded him financially, hence his ability to own a mobile phone. Police at the time had reasons to believe that he was insane, mentally unstable and psychologically handicapped. Clifford was subsequently arrested in February 3, 1999, arraigned in court for alleged murder and was remanded in prison the same year. Since then, he was never tried. Clifford had begun to suffer from full-blown psychosis White in Nigeria's Kirikiri Maximum Prison, where he was remanded for 13 years. Reports at the time revealed that the alleged man-eater's health has progressively deteriorated and his mental state was also questioned. While speaking on Oji's failing health, the deputy comptroller of the prison said Oji was in a bad state. Oji's health, he said, was getting worse. He had gone completely mad for meeting and even defecating without restraint and is naked most of the time. A director in the Office of the Public Defender, Mrs. Omotala said, Oji's health is a pathetic one because his case has been a pathetic one and they have tried but could not find proper medical attention for him. Initially, we took him, him to psychiatric hospital Yaba but he was rejected because they claimed they did not have long-term medical facility. Subsequently, he was taken to another hospital in Koro but was similarly rejected, she said. In the absence of any progress in Oji's case, People could not help but wonder and speculate. Who owned the cheques found in Clifford’s makeshift home? People kept wondering. Whose accounts were the transactions made to Clifford's accounts from? These were all the questions. And amongst other loose questions, keep in mind that all sorts of strange and unrelated items are often found in the custody of characters like Clifford. Where weren't these strange items evaluated and used as exhibit in the case? However, it was a case of so many questions but very little answers. And that remained the case until the news of Oji's death filtered in. On the 17th August 2012, Oji died of unknown causes at the Curriculum Maximum Prison in Lagos. As expected, only in Nigeria do people just die of unknown causes and for full effects, an investigation committee is set up. Fast forward to the day of this podcast on the case of Clifford Oji. The result of the investigation since 2012 has not been made public, even to hazard a guess, someone must have fed fat on the money used to set up the committee that never committed to actually bringing some sort of closure to this case. The acting public relations officer, Lagos State Prison Command Mr. B. J. J. confirmed Dodgy's death, saying, as of Thursday, Odgy was fine, but on Friday morning, he died in his sleep. The cause of his death is still unknown, but an autopsy is being performed. To make matters worse, the Nigerian prison medical team says he was carrying out a forever autopsy, but investigations at at the time showed that Clifford's body was still at a public hospital mortuary in Ichola Lagos, with the management complaining that neither the prisons nor the Clifford's family had come to pick the body, and once they get papers, he would be buried. Now, here are my thoughts on the case of Clifford Oji. You see, Clifford's case is not just sad, but it, it also shows the pathetic state of the Nigerian system. When Cliff Cannibal Saga broke, it was an issue of whether Clifford was a madman-turned-cannibal, a cannibal-turned-madman, or was it a case of a dangerous human spare part dealers? The Clifford feigned insanity as a cover for his crime. Who are those responsible for Clifford's case? was any of these victims ever identified, no forensic, no autopsy, nothing whatsoever to determine the cause of the death of those he was allegedly eating. even at the point of arrest. Like Clifford, how many people are languishing in jail without trial, if innocent? What are these people's families going through? How could none of our psychiatric homes ascertain if Clifford was sane or not until almost 10 years when his health had deteriorated? If, as Clifford admitted, he did sell this human part to some Nigerian big men, who are they? And how safe are we as a society knowing that these big men are still out there still committing similar atrocities? The organ black market in Nigeria, after all, has continued to boom, with the dealers making millions of naira knowing that the illegal trade is still a billion naira industry in the country. Just to put it in context, here is cost of the certain human parts in the UK. This is not in any way to say or insinuate that the UK or any other country is part of the organ black market in Nigeria, as so many countries have legal ways of getting organs needed for medical purposes, like getting these organs with the written consent of donors. We do not know who these organs are vested in Nigeria are sold to, but there have been some speculations of foreign countries Benefiting from the organ black market in Nigeria. Now, here are the cost of human spare part business in the UK. Rather, here are the cost of human org- organs in the UK. Corneas, believe it or not, the small cornea of our eyes are worth fifteen thousand pounds. That is about eight point four million naira. Skeletons are worth five thousand pounds, which is about two point nine million naira. A set of lungs is worth two hundred and six thousand pounds, which is about one hundred and seven million naira. A hat, a human hat, is worth an astonishing four hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds, which is about two hundred and four forty-one million naira. Kidney is worth one hundred and five million naira, and liver is worth about fifty-nine million naira. So as you can see, the dealers in the Yogan black market have enough money to control the police, the court, politicians, and anyone they want, especially in a fantastically corrupt country like Nigeria. Was Clifford's death a case of natural justice, or did he even die of natural causes, or did someone kill Clifford to avoid him exposing more about this heinous crime? Clifford's case was very high-profile, so why was his case frustrated so much so that he spent 13 years awaiting trial and only appeared in court once? Who did not want Clifford to talk for 13 years? Clifford even filed a 1 million Naira lawsuit against the Lagos State Attorney General over his continued detention in prison for 12 years without trial, being exemplary and general damages for breaching his constitutional rights. Rights. Human Rights. A concept that is still alien in the Nigerian space. Well, following the death of Clifford Oji, an Ikeja High Court dismissed his 1 million naira suit against the Lagos State Attorney General after confirming that Mr. Oji died on August 17 at the Kirikiri Maximum Prison. Everything just seemed to play out perfectly for those who may not have wanted this case to go on trial. And almost two decades later, there is still no closure to this case, and all we have asked you so many questions, so many speculations, but very, very, very little answers, and I hope someday we will be able to reopen this case, as I have a very strong belief that those who patronized Clifford's human part business are still out there with countless mob victims under their bloody belts. Clifford came off as an insane man and clearly had mental issues, which made it possible for him to commit this kind of crime for years. But on the other hand, it looked like some people took advantage of Clifford's health and also directly benefited from Clifford's body part sales. Now why Clifford Oji may have been guilty in the court of public opinion, without a formal trial and subsequent conviction, believe it or not, Clifford was and still is an innocent man. Remember, in the eye of the law, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. So Clifford Oji, the first documented Nigerian cannibal, died an innocent man. The tragic part of this story is that the victim, whose cry for help exposed Clifford's alleged crime, the emaciated, filthy, starving woman imprisoned inside the tires of Oji's shack, until she was discovered while waiting for her turn on the menu was later identified as Awawo Lawao. Unfortunately, Lawao died several days later after falling into a coma. And that's it for my analysis on the case of Clifford and Roche. As usual, like, share, and follow Uchenwa Crime Stories. And until next time, be safe and see you on my next one.